Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 7. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Catholic school, I remember learning that, you know, Mary was a perpetual virgin, and that Mary didn't, didn't have any more children. And, 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 and notice from the scripture, it tells us Jesus' brothers, his brothers. So I was taught, and Catholics teach, that Mary was a perpetual virgin having no more children. Well, that's not right. The Bible is clear that Mary had several more children. As a matter of fact, I have the verse for you on the screen. In Matthew thirteen fifty five. it says, Is this not the carpenter's son? Come on, y'all too quiet for me. Read it with me. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the mother called Mary? I need to read. And his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas. And and that's not Judas Iscariot. And uh, Mary had other children. And, and there's no reason to believe that Mary wouldn't have other children, even from a cultural standpoint, because in Jewish culture, it was frowned upon if a woman uh, didn't have uh, several children. So Mary had other children, which means that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Jesus had at least uh, six other siblings and seven children, including himself. And, you know, sometimes our, our Catholic brothers and sisters, they, they try to get around uh, this word brother, and they say it means cousin. They say it means cousin. And uh, listen, I don't, I'm not a professor. I, I don't have an a MDiv after my name. I don't have a DD, uh, a DIV, a DVD, or any other D. After my name, but I will tell you this. I do know this. When God wants to tell you something, he knows the right word to use. God knows the right word. When God is speaking of cousins, God says cousins. Say amen. Luke 1.36, talking about Mary and Elizabeth being cousins. When the Bible wants to say brothers and sisters, guess what it says? Brothers and sisters. God is able to distinguish family relationships. Stop making it hard. Jesus is the older brother. And then Mary had other children. Can you imagine having Jesus as your older brother? He's walking around the house. I'm the Messiah. I want y'all to know. You know how you do with your brothers and sisters. You get them all in the room, you know. All right, everybody sit down. I'm the older brother. I want to tell you all something. Write it down. I am the Messiah. And I will not be cleaning the kitchen. Because I'm the Messiah. Okay? 
No objections? Or I'll... And of course, you know, your, your older brother walking around claiming he's the Messiah. I'm the Messiah. And they're like, yeah, 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 sure. And I'm Randy Jackson. <laughs> and then, of course, after the resurrection now, post-resurrection, I bet you all that changed. They probably like, oh, I knew something was different about him. I'm the one that thought he was special. I knew he was special. Yeah, I knew something was different about that guy. His brothers noticed in the text said, why don't you go to Judea? Look at it that your disciples may see the work that you're doing. In other words, why don't you show off a bit and do some tricks and show everybody that you are who you say you are? Look at verse 4. No one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Verse 5, for even his brothers didn't believe in him. Now let's get this thing together. The feast is going on. The brothers say, Jesus, let's go up to Jerusalem. So all the people who were following, because a bunch of them had left, remember? But let's go show them so they can see the stuff you do. And there's a lot of speculation as to why they wanted Jesus to show himself. Some say his brothers were impatient for him to show his glory. I don't think that's correct because verse 5 tells us they didn't believe in him. Some say they actually hated Jesus. His brothers hated him and wanted to see him fall into enemies' hands. I don't think that's correct. That doesn't sound consistent with the Gospels. We really honestly don't know why they wanted him to show himself, but I think for two reasons. Maybe here's my speculation. I think, number one, it's possible they wanted to see some miracles themselves. They're thinking, well, if Jesus, if Jerusalem accepts him, that might be proof for them. I think secondly, I believe, listen, secretly, in their hearts, they couldn't deny his power. Think about it. You can't live with someone and not really know them. They lived with Jesus and they saw his power. And maybe they were at breakfast and they ran out of Fruit Loops and all of a sudden, they realize the Fruit Loops are multiplying. They got to the bottom of the box. They keep pouring. They keep pouring. They keep coming. They keep coming. And they even have 12 boxes of Fruit Loops left over. <laughs> Chapter 6. They're thinking, hmm, this is a strange box of Fruit Loops. He's their brother. They knew his power. Maybe they were hoping he would go to Jerusalem to do some stuff and become famous. And now they have a famous popular brother and with fame comes perks. Backstage passes. Never wait for a table for dinner. Big brother perks. If Jesus goes public with the miracle ministry, then the popularity will increase and popularity and power for their brothers will also increase. We don't know. So they said, Jesus, do your miracles in Jerusalem. Go up there. Why are you wandering around in the boondocks in Galilee? If you really are who you say you are, go and prove it to the mucky mucks in Jerusalem. Now understand something. Listen, this is a principle that is woven all the way through Scripture. Write it down. Jesus never, ever, no, not ever operates on sensation. He never operates on pure emotion. He always operates on teaching, 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 and making disciples. Jesus was never trying to prove anything to the thrill seekers. Because today's thrill seekers is tomorrow a drag. 
a bummer played out, and then you got to come up with another thrill. That's the problem in the secret church. Were you with me last week? Raise your hand. Were you with me last week? Okay, you know we were talking about secret churches. And secret churches, tend their, their goal is to not offend anyone who is a non-believer. So they take out words like sin and repentance and blood because that's yucky stuff. We don't want to talk about that because that might offend the non-believer. And they're secret churches. They, they, they set up their services so that they appeal to the seeker. And so they've got thrills and they got lights and they got smoke coming up on the stage in, 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 in the same. Y'all been to church like that where doing worship, smoke is coming up and the lights are going to the music and da 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 dancing bears da 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 oh when you do that well then you gotta you gotta do more thrills next week Jesus wasn't into that kind of thing today's secret churches are popular tomorrow they're played out they're corny heaven and earth the Bible says shall pass away but the B-I-B-L-E shall endure for how long? Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Teach the Bible. Teach the Bible. Teach the Bible. I'm going to Ireland in two, when we leave Ireland? Two weeks? Uh, Two two and a half weeks? One and a half? We leave in one and a half weeks? I better get ready. And uh, we're going to Ireland and I'm going to talk to some leaders and some pastors. And, you know, the thing I want to tell them is avoid the gimmicks because the gimmicks come and go. God's word endures forever. Listen, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. (laughs) Gimmicks come and go. God's word endures forever. Gimmicks come and go. God's word endures how long? Forever. That's why we teach the Bible here at Calvary Chapel. People come to me all the time. Pastor Ronnie, how come we're not doing this, that, and the other? You know, I remember when there was a big thing in the church, blowing the winds, blowing through the church about growing kids God's way. Y'all remember growing kids God's way? Anybody remember that? Nobody remembers that. Okay. <laughs> growing kids <laughs> It's tough when you talk about something I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Growing kids God's way, like this program, and people were like, Everybody was on spike, y'all know about it. Everybody was into it, growing kids God's way. And it was a program to grow kids God's way. And it was like a package program that churches were buying to have classes. And uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, one person. Shelly, thank you. Hi, hi, hi. And they were growing kids. And people were coming to me, oh, Pastor Roddy, how come we're not doing growing kids God's way? All the churches are growing kids God's way. And I'm like, we are growing kids God's way. We are? I'm like, yeah, we're teaching them the Bible down in the, we're growing them God's way. This is how you grow them God's way. This is how you grow them God's way. You're teaching the word of God gimmicks. They had the master's way. Anybody remember that? That was a thing going to the church, a master's way. I don't know what that was. I didn't even look into it. And, uh, you know, well, how come we're not doing that? And then, they, and then the purpose-driven church comes out. And everybody, oh, are you doing the purpose-driven church? Are you purpose-driven? I'm like, yeah, I got purpose. I got purpose. I'm teaching the Bible. That's enough purpose for me. That's all I can handle. Remember, I don't have any MDivs or any DVDs or DIVs behind my all I can handle. The purpose-driven church, and boy, when that, when that played out, then they came with the purpose-driven life. And after the purpose-driven life, then it was the purpose-driven kid. Then it was the purpose-driven mom. 
Perfect driven dad, perfect driven German shepherd. Where does it stop? Gimmicks. Avoid the gimmicks. I can tell you this. Third service, y'all bear with me. I have seen people come and I have seen them go. I have seen them come and they worship and teaching the word and all of a sudden they get spiritual and, you know, they're like, oh, God is just doing the work in me. I need to go find something more. I'm like, what you need more than the word of God? You can't handle what is in here. You ain't doing what's in here. What you think you're going to go find somewhere else? But get, get gone. Hallelujah. Thank you. You can't handle what's in here. Well, you know, we're going to go to another church because, you know, we need a little bit more. <laughs> we need a little more. And they go, and they look around here, there, here, there, here, there, and then they come back. And I've seen them, you say, oh, that's right, you ain't changed a bit. You're still teaching the Word of God. I'm like, yep. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something before you clap your hands. And if you go again and you come back again, Pastor Rodney going to be teaching the word of God. Come on, clap your hands. Because that, my friends, is what me do. Me teaches the word. That's it. Write that down. <laughs> Jesus never established himself on sensation. He never commits himself to unbelief. Never. Unbelief says, hey, Jesus, do this. Jesus says, no. They're saying, what are you hiding for? Show yourself openly. Now look at verse 6, please. Jesus responds, my time is not yet come, but your time already is. Or your time, what is it? It's always ready. Y'all ain't got to yell at me. Well, y'all some angry Christians, huh? Did y'all hear what I said in the beginning of the sermon? Bunch of Lambos. It's always ready. My time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. Jesus, listen close, is always aware of one single fact. What's that, Rodney? Write this down. He is on a divine timetable. And that's unusual for Jesus because think about where he came from. Jesus came from the realm of no time. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Time did not exist where he came from eternity. Where he came from in eternity, eternity, time, is now. But when Jesus came to the earth, he entered the realm of time. He entered the realm of day planners. He entered, entered the, the, the realm of iCal. He entered the realm of schedules. And now he's entered the realm of time and space, and he's been bound for 33 years. But listen, every day of those 33 years, he humbly walked with the Father, and he lived his life on a heavenly timetable. So he said, they said, did you get this? Jesus showed yourself, Jesus said, not now. My time has not yet come. Now, in the gospel of John, you will see this phrase, my time has not yet come, seven times. 
John 2, 4, John 7, 6, John 7, 30, John 8, 20, John 12, 23, John 13, 1. And then finally in John 17, 1, he says, my hour has come. Now listen close. When Jesus talks about the hour, he's not talking about 60 minutes. He's talking about the hour or the time to die. Don't you get it? The babe born in Bethlehem came to die. He didn't come to be cute. He didn't come to be a cute little baby in the manger. He came to grow up, to walk on the earth, to be hated. That's kind of where we are right now. To be persecuted, to be beaten, to be hung on a cross, and then to breathe his last breath, and to die, and to be buried, and then three days later to rise again. That's the plan. That was the plan on way back eternity past. The ba- That's why Jesus, when he says, my time, because he knows what's going on. They don't know. He knows. My t- it's not time for that yet. It's not time for me to show myself openly. And this is why Jesus hung out in Galilee and not Jerusalem. It's not because he was afraid. He wasn't afraid. Everything was in his control. He came to die. It wasn't time to die yet. Now, I want you to take your Bibles and go to John. Go turn quickly. Turn quickly. We got to look at this. Look at John 12. You got to see this. John 12. John 12, 27, 28. Look at John 12. Turn quickly. John 12, 27, 28. You looking at verse 27? Say amen. And now my soul is troubled, Jesus said. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for the purpose, for this purpose, I came to this what? Our Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Listen, here in John 12, Jesus feels the time approaching. He knows here in 12, you'll get this as we get through John. You're going to get this. I'm going to make sure you get it. It's the last thing I do, I tell you. I'm going to make sure you get it. You can feel it. The animosity growing. You can feel it the antagonism growing. You can feel it, the hatred growing, and you can feel it, Jesus knows it. So now here in chapter 12, my soul was troubled. Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. He feels it. It's coming. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Mute. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. Come on, y'all. Hebrews 12, too. Do we have that on screen? Do I have, it, do I have that verse or no? I guess I don't. I'll read it to you. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand. I do have it. Come on, read it for me. I need a break. The author and... I'm going to read it like you mean it. Shame. 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. The Bible says Jesus endured the cross. He didn't enjoy the cross. He endured the cross knowing what would be the result of the cross, and that would be our salvation. Jesus is very aware of God's timing. And wouldn't it be awesome if we were aware of God's timing? Wouldn't that be awesome? Do you know timing is everything in the kingdom? Timing is everything for the Christian. Timing is everything. How many things you could avoid in your life if you wait? People get married too soon because they won't wait on God. People get into jobs too soon because they won't wait on God. They take that job and God said, I had one right over there for you if you had just waited a week. Wait, I say, on the Lord, wait. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount over wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But we need to Wait on the Lord. And sometimes God puts something on your heart and you don't see it happen for years. And then sometimes God puts something on your heart and you see it happen next week. Jesus is keenly aware of the time, divine timetable. And Jesus had an appointed time pre-written in eternity past to intercept the cross. And he had to do it exactly at the right moment. The moment on the cross is the climax of history. It was going to the cross, it was going to, the, to come off on schedule, going to the cross on time. And not a split second sooner. Look at verse 6. Draws this gulf between Jesus and his brothers as wide as infinity. Watch this. Jesus says, I'm on a divine timetable. You are not on any schedule at all. You can come and go as you please. Do anything you want to do when you want to do it. Now listen, if you're not a Christian, you only have one date to be concerned with. And that is a date of death. Listen, you're here today. You're not a Christian. This one's for you. If you're not a Christian, you've got one date to be concerned with. And that is the date of your death. A person without Christ, their whole life is random. Random sin, purposeless, pointless, going nowhere, meaning nothing. You have no divine timetable. You have a date that is already set written down in the book. Conversely, listen, if you are a Christian and part of the church of Jesus Christ, you are part of God's redemptive schedule. Your life is not your own, say amen. Your time is not your own, say amen. You're on God's time. Paul talks about in Ephesians, Paul talks about it in Colossians, that we are to redeem redeem the time. The word redeem the time, the word redeem means to buy back. It means to buy back. How do you buy back the time? You buy back the time by giving time to the things of God. Whether it be by sharing or by serving in children's ministry or 
cleaning the bathrooms at church or preaching the gospel or sharing with your neighbor. Use the time you have to glorify God. If you're in the car, put in a good CD, a good teaching like mine, and then, and then get, and, and listen to it and get a good teaching, a CD, get good music. Buy back the time. Why? Because Jesus is coming. He's coming. I, I really believe that. And you got to be, uh, you got to have your head in the sand not to look in the world and see that Jesus' return is soon. We live in a world where people are calling wrong, right, and right, wrong. It's crazy out there. And because it's crazy out there, that's only more indicative to us that the return of the Lord is soon. And therefore, we need to buy back the time, redeem the time. Psalm 31, 15, David says, the psalmist, my times are in thy hands. Christians are so concerned with their eye cow, we need to redeem the time because heaven is near. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.